The Full Spectrum Podcast, presented by Champions and Legends. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. Discover Champions and Legends on the World Wide Web at championsandlegends.com. This is the Full Spectrum Podcast with Big Data and Maverick, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, it's James. Thank you for joining the podcast. But I got a quick question for you, James. I woke up this morning, like everyone else in the world. I turn on my phone, and you're one of the first feeds that came through this today. And I don't know if I was dreaming or if I'm going a little bit crazy, but I did I see you doing dips this morning? Um, 270 pounds, uh, approximately is what I, I cal- uh, calculated, strapped around your waist doing early morning workouts? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't it's figured it out yet, the CEO must actually think it's my birthday. Over the past few weeks, we've talked about it, uh, and the CEO has also got us the the Jay Glazer, Fox NFL analyst, Pat Vellner last week, who's favored to win the 2021 CrossFit Games. And now it's my play, my privilege and my pleasure to have with Big Data to interview the guy that was an undrafted free agent signing in 2002, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, one of the original, if not the original, athlete partner for the Champions and Legends CBD oil brand. Now he's an actor. Now he's an Instagram star. Ladies and gentlemen, James Harrison. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, James. James. Thank you for Thank you for having me. Dreams do come true for me, James. This is like bigger. I, I got married recently and had a kid, but I think this is now number one on my list. This is it. This is, um... <laughs> you might not want to say that. A, that that's why she's it. upstairs, James, and that's why I'm in the pod room. I'm, I'm in my safe zone. I'm in my safe zone. <laughs> James, let's get started real quick here. I got to ask you. I mean, I use the word retirement, quote unquote, but you seem to be busier than ever. I mean, like I alluded to earlier, you're crushing out some crazy workouts you've been doing that for years how is everything going what's uh what's going on with you over the last year let's say um you know i'm, I'm retired from football you're not necessarily retired from uh you know from from life um i think you know what i'm doing now is i'm trying to just you know transition to something different when i first came out i was doing a little bit of the well i still am a fox analyst on uh fox sports i do uh little spots here and there on undisputed speak for yourself to herd. Um, so that transition from, you know, doing unscripted to what now is scripted and I'm trying to, I'm trying to become a, you know, become an actor. And that was my goal initially when I got done is I wanted to try something that I was extremely uncomfortable with, which was having to perform in front of people and, I mean, through my career, I haven't been a person that's been, you know, totally open and and, and real talkative with the media. So um, this felt like something that was a challenge. And, you know, I felt like I could uh, I could do well at it. And so, you know, I took avenues that I needed to. And right now I'm uh, I'm down here in Atlanta uh, filming a for a series called uh, Heels that'll be on Stars hopefully here around August, September. That's awesome, James. Now let's let the listeners have a little sample of, of you know, your history. You were a walk-on at Kent State. Uh, 
you played in NFL Europe and then you were able to establish, you know, your NFL career. Uh, you're known to have a, a legendary work ethic. You know, not many college walk-ons make the NFL, much less have a Hall of Fame type of career. When did you realize how much work you had to put in to make it and then to make it in the league and then excel in the league? Well, for me, it really like started as soon as I got cut like three or four times. <laughs> uh, you know, to, to be like honest with you, I should have been at a, a D1 school. I messed up some things because uh, of my own uh, my own issues, grades and so forth in high school. You know, I had I had to recruitment letters from everywhere i had you know milk crates i had probably six eight milk crates of, of you know recruiters from anywhere from you know notre dame to you know sec schools everything actually one of my visits was to uh nebraska but i decided not to take it because i had to fly i had a fear of flying so i took my visits to ohio state to michigan state um uh ended up going to kent state because like i said i ended up uh doing some things that I did that those offers were no longer on the table. Um that went to me going to Kent State as a prop. So I was there as a prop. I don't know if y'all remember where prop was, but you go there and you pay for yourself to go and you have to prove that you can get the grades for, you know, a semester and that way they'll, you know, reinstate your scholarship that they offered to you. And I messed that up because I didn't get the grades. I didn't go to class, you know. I did everything irresponsible that you could do. And the coach that brought me in there ended up leaving in between that, so we had a whole new coach. So that's why I ended up having to walk on. And once I walked on, I ended up getting my scholarship back, you know, got my grades together and everything else. So that being at Kent State, isn't necessarily uh it's a d1 but it's not you know it's not your your big power d1s so that led to me being undrafted out of kent and getting you know getting released because i was undrafted you're expendable then you know it's not that i wasn't one of you know a, a player that was worthy of being able to be kept it's just that you know you got a guy there that they undrafted in the second round or the third round and you know, we got to see what he can do versus the guy they only spent, you know, a couple grand on him and the guy they gave a half a million dollars to. Uh, ended up going back and forth from 2002 to 2004. Did NFL Europe in 2003. Came back from there, went to Baltimore. Baltimore released me, came back from there. I was just sitting around. Uh, Clark Higgins breaks his hand. Pittsburgh brings me in. And this is at the point where I'm like, listen, I got to put all the effort I can into this. I got to learn everything and actually take the time to learn the defenses to professional and put in the time because it's not just going to come to you, you know, like it did in high school and in college. And uh, once I was able to do that, you know, I learned every line of position that they had. I had that both, you know, inside outside both inside positions both outside positions and i was able to you know do pretty well on a special team so i was able to stick from uh 2004 on and you know the rest is uh the rest is history and each year you know i would do something a little a little different you know i stopped i stopped you know going out 
in uh, in season. Then I stopped uh, drinking the season. I changed what I was eating. Uh, you know, I restricted my 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 diet. Um, you know, so on and so forth. I went to working out twice a day. You know, I got a I got a trainer to really key in and and everything else to you know make sure my body was at you know, it's optimum level so that I can perform. You know, I got a lot of um, therapy people over the years that, you know, you know, I spent anywhere probably from four to, you know, $600,000 a year on my, you know, on my body work to make sure my body was, you know, able to recover from all the work that I was doing. It's not just putting in the work. You got to repair what you, you know, what you're tearing up. Wow. That's fascinating. Uh, I love the tidbit about you stepping in for, when Clark Hagen's got injured, I don't think a lot of people would remember that. That's awesome. And yeah, basically I know you're from the same area as LeBron. Uh, sounds like maybe, maybe he picked up your workout regimen and recover regimen. That's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, actually the same town, West side, uh, Akron, same side of town, all that. Um, we never really crossed paths, no you know, so I don't have a familiarity with him or anything like that. It must be the water out in Akron. I'm get myself. James, I got a question for you. So staying on the NFL front for a couple more seconds here. So you get into the league, you get your opportunity and you start tearing it up. And then, you know, if you don't mind me saying, it sounded like you kind of got the reputation as being maybe the, the most feared guy on the defense. Am I kind of correct in saying that? And did you like that? that kind of stigma that was put upon you because i mean i feel like when you lined up across from the quarterbacks i truly felt like they were peeing themselves most of the time damn it james is over there and i just felt like that's what you kind of brought to the field even before your amazing talent am i right about that um, a little bit that that was part of you know what um you know other guys would would uh say they um got from from my demeanor uh but and if, you know, in the line of the business that I was in, you know, football, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad thing to have, um, you know, especially if I can, before I even step on the field, you know, I'm already in your head um, or I'm already in your thoughts exactly. and I haven't had to do or say anything to. So, I mean, it, it's something that, you know, helps and, and works to your advantage. And also I think that, if you're in that business and that's something that worries you, then maybe you need to get out of it. <laughs> true, true that, but I don't blame them, James. I gotta be honest. Like, I mean, though it was everything from how you positioned yourself, like your, the, the equipment you wore, the visor, man, you've probably freaked out most of that, but let me ask you this as well, since we're kind of just on the last part of this, um, they say offense wins games, defense wins championships. Over the last few years, we've seen the NFL really kind of transition the game and the rules to benefit more of the offense. What are your thoughts on that? Like, how, do, do you feel like the defensive side, your your brethren on the defensive side is getting uh, kind of the, the low end of the stick when it comes to the it's NFL? It's about now? money, and it's about protecting the money. Everything in life is about money. Follow the money, and you'll see why they're doing what they're doing. They're protecting their money players, receivers, quarterbacks. We're protecting, you know, what the fans want to see. They want to see high scoring. They don't want to see games eight, you know, uh, nine to six. And, you know, a, a defense is broad. They want to see high scoring, high flying guys running around celebrating, you know, doing dances and everything else. So they're, they're, they're doing that to, to benefit, you know, the player safety, so to speak. Um, but it's more for what's going to protect and make more money. 
And James, just speaking of, you know, the Super Bowl we just saw, what were your impressions of, you know, were you expecting the Tampa Bay uh, defense uh, to be that dominant? And then also when you were playing, if you saw a backup tackle come in, how excited did you get? Um, I, I can't say I expected them to be that dominant. I did expect them to win just because they had time. I wasn't going, you know, that's not something I'm, I'm willing to bet against in a situation. <laughs> and, you know, their, his, his, you know, preparedness, readiness, you know, when he's getting into situations like that is unbelievable. You know, I had a little time to spend around him and, you know, just to watch him, you know, watch him work and watch him study. It was, you know, it was something to see. It, I, I probably haven't seen anybody that studied and did as much, uh, you know, off field film work, on field, you know, uh, getting ready for for a game. Then, then you know, he has the tackle thing. It don't matter. I'm I'm ready to go with whoever is there. Um, of course, you know, if you get a, a younger, unexperienced tackle in there, yeah, you're going to try and you know take advantage of it. But you should just be ready to go, no matter who's there. James, if I can ask, I mean, you probably answered this a hundred times and you don't have to go into great detail, but let's talk about what you did in the Super Bowl. It's still, in my opinion, one of the records that will always stick around. No one's going to touch. Now, there's debate here. Is it 99-yard return or 100? Because, I mean, you were really close. It's 100, right? That's what I say, too. All right. 100-yard return on Kurt Warner in the Super Bowl. Take us through it because, in my eyes, it's one of the greatest. Uh, It was basically an all-out blitz. I decided not to blitz because Dick LeBeau, he gave us, you know, he gave us leniency to um, tweak the defense if we uh, saw something that we thought would would benefit it. Um, It's not something you did all the time. Like you occasionally would see Troy jump over the line. Troy would jump over the line and have deep third, but you see him 90% of the time make the tackle or affect the play. So I, um, I decided that we weren't getting there in time. He was just releasing the ball before we can get there. And, step back I decided to play the quick slant in because that was the closest thing to me that I could affect and the rest is history he uh threw it he didn't see me and he threw it straight to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah James what was it like uh knowing that you had a player like Troy Palomalu patrolling the back end did that give you some extra leeway to say you know if if I can get some pressure on you know Troy is going to make this happen in the back end you know it's a it's a it's a uh, six of one hand half a dozen in the other you know they're 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 working for us just like we work for them you know we're trying to get as much pressure as we can so they don't have to sit back there and cover a, a long time and they're trying to cover as long as they can to give us as much time as we can so that we can get to the quarterback those two things work hand in hand and Troy and James, I just want to say uh, one question. I want to ask and I just uh, get an appreciation of uh, going back to you know when you were younger. What's it like being the youngest of fourteen kids? Well, see, it's not as bad as everybody it was <laughs> because I'm I'm twenty years removed from my oldest sibling, but I'm also eight years removed from my nearest sibling. So wow. once I got into, you know, my years where you, you know, you start wanting to have your own and all that, they were already gone. <laughs> <laughs> so you you kind of you kind of grew up in the house alone then? 
No, I didn't grow up alone. No, not not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, it was multiple people to a room. But okay. <laughs> once I got to where, you know, I was, you know, in my teens, you know, growing it's not to me, it's not a big deal. Everyone thinks it's a big deal. Um, that's just how I grew up. That's all I know. You know, that's normal to me. And um for me to see somebody who only has don't have a sister or brother or only has one sister or one sibling, I'm like, wow. That has to be a lonely existence. <laughs> James, I got something for you here. So you're, let's talk about your new kind of life and with regards to the movie career and the, or part of me, movies and TV shows and all that. You alluded earlier to, to being on the new series uh, that's going to hit us in August or September called Heels, which is based on, on a, a wrestling kind of show. Here's one thing. So my wife and I, we follow you on the Instagram and me and you by chance, we're only a couple months apart in age. And so she looks at your pictures. And by the way, if you could just like maybe hold back a little bit on some of the pictures, because she's asking me what my problem is now. She's like, what's your excuse if this guy's like this? Right. And I'm like, listen, this is all Photoshop. I had to convince her, James. I had no other choice. I didn't know what to do. Right. All right. But with that being said, you're, you're doing your new show, man. I saw some of the moves you're putting in. Question number one of a two part question. You're doing the wrestling moves. You're looking good. I told you, I've been watching the wrestling with all due respect. Um, is wrestling fake? Be honest. And number two, uh, who are you kind of trying to emulate? Who are you kind of watching to say, okay, I, I think I'm kind of like this guy and this is who I should try to be so maybe on the show. Wrestling is 100% fake. It is planned out. You know, who's going to win ahead of time. Now the bumps right. and falls you take are real. They hurt. They are painful. You can be injured. You can possibly be killed. <laughs> so especially, you know, if you're not working with someone who knows what they're doing or or you 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 have a mistake, you know, it's the difference between you walking out the cage and being carried out, you know, on in a stretcher, you know, out of the ring. So that is the the, the actual physical nature of it is 100 percent real. Let me take you in there and throw you on the ground. Let you take some, uh, you know, take some bumps. You'll realize it's real. Now, who's going to win? You know that going in. Awesome. So I'm not um, trying to emulate anyone in the wrestling industry. I'm trying to emulate this character that they want me to portray, who is named Apocalypse. He's uh, he's an older wrestler. He's a, has, you know, he's been there, uh, done that. You know, he at one point in time, he held a belt in the DWL, which is this uh, wrestling league. And he's a recovering uh, alcoholic. He's from Ohio, just happens to be from Ohio, like like myself. That's just a good thing. I didn't have to do any dialogue or any uh, any changing of uh, my dialects, so to speak. Right. So that was good. But, um, you know, he... Um, you know, he, he, he runs, uh, you know, a uh, meeting, uh, I guess, uh, every so often. He's trying to help, you know, other people, you know, go through the same process that he went through with, um, you know, fighting to, uh, you know, stay sober and, and get to, um, you know, that point of sobriety. That's awesome, Jim. So is there anybody in your realm that watching wrestling now and everything like that, anybody that you want to challenge maybe at the WWE, AEW, anybody you're looking to get your hands on, maybe for a world title match? This is the thing. I didn't play football for 16 years. I don't have a desire to go out there and beat my body up anymore and already know before I start that I can – I'll possibly be the loser before I 
because I can't win. <laughs> <laughs> You're slated to lose, you lose. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. J- James, we'll, we'll get into the great debate now. This is kind of at the end of the at each at the end of the podcast. We basically just get into a discussion point. Since we got, in my opinion, one of the greatest linebackers of all time to play, I want to ask you. Here's the question. You said earlier you're on the undisputed. You were on the herd. You're, you know, you, you got a great voice over at the Fox News. So you're you're very calculated with the, with knowing some other sports athlete. What other sports athlete or who other do you think could play linebacker for the Steelers? I'll let you start. What you mean in a different uh, sport? Yeah, like uh, if they an M- no. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> I kind of figured you were going to say nobody. I had a feeling in the back of my mind. It's, it's hard. It's hard to transition and play two sports, you know, especially if, like, to me, the greatest athlete ever of all time is Bo Jackson. If Bo Jackson had stayed healthy, I believe he would have been the first person into the Baseball Hall of Fame and the Football Hall of Fame. Okay. And when you – when you say athlete, it's someone that could do multiple sports, not somebody that's doing it at a high level, maybe the greatest of all time ever to do it at that level, at that sport, but to be able to do it in multiple sports. That's my definition of an athlete. So if you want could, to ask me who the greatest athlete is of all time, I'll always say Bo Jackson. You know what? Well, there you go. There's the great debate. There, I'm not even going to say anything because I don't want to get you upset. <laughs> Big Data, you're not going to say anything either because we got the answer that we were looking for. Bottom line, this week, the great debate's been solved. Mr. James Harrison, thank you very, very much, sir, for joining us on the podcast. Sorry about what happened earlier. Yep. We'll cut it out. Don't you worry. And if, if people want to find you, how can they find you uh, on Instagram and any other handles you have? Okay, they can find me on my Instagram. I believe it is jhharrison92 at... Uh... No, that's just Instagram. It's just JH Harrison92. That's Instagram. My and my Twitter is J A no, it's J Harrison9292. Somebody stole it. Somebody took it. <laughs> what? And, yeah. Somebody stole something from you? You know what? We're gonna look into you, this. We're gonna look into this. <laughs> they, were, they were smart enough to get to it before I did. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you worry. You leave it with me, James. I'll get to the bottom of this. I will get to the bottom of this. Is awesome. Hey James, uh, last thing is, uh, we heard a rumor from the CEO that um, you might have an extensive wine collection. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I got, oh. I got a small, I got a small, I got a small wine collection. You know, um, a few, uh, a few French Bordeaux's, um, you know, some cabs, uh, some uh, white Burgundies. Um, it's, it's a little collection. Um, it's uh, it's okay, you know. It's it'll do. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, you learn something new. That's why I listen to this podcast. Look at that. Oh yeah, something new about I, James I became, I became a I became a wine drinker. I got especially when you know I stopped drinking in season, and you know, it was just hard to go back to like drinking out of season to like liquor. It just it didn't taste good, and you know before. You know, I was drinking to have a good time. I wasn't drinking because I liked the taste of it, you know, and I actually like the taste of wine. So, and plus, as I got older, it's, it, I guess my palate changed. At first, I didn't even like the taste of wine. I was just getting it and, you know, trying it so that hopefully at one point in time, you know, 
I could at least sit down and have a steak with some, you know, with red wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Now, James, here it is. We'll let you go. Now, promise me, James, promise me. A, we'll become best friends. And number two, stop sending out those pictures so my wife doesn't give see, me a hard time. See, you <laughs> deal messed up. <laughs> we, we, we can't we can't we can't become best friends because i only only got one of them okay okay and then i can't stop doing what the people want to see damn it james you've got a point on both i can't handle this <laughs> all right fair enough man that's awesome james james harrison everyone thank you so much for your time my friend. thank you the full spectrum podcast presented by champions and legends Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. Discover Champions and Legends on the World Wide Web at championsandlegends.com.